Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here to communicate some late breaking news and thoughtful insights about the broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. How in the world can you deliver an engaging conference in these pandemic times? What kind of steps and measures must you take to make it awesomely simple and fun for attendees and exhibitors? This kind of challenge requires creativity. In today's podcast, we're joined by Emma Bennett and Steve Bain to learn about the creative and exciting changes in store for the ResNet 2021 conference. Since early in 2020, the team at ResNet has been planning this virtual event, actually an online experience. This professionally executed dynamic conference will be like two events under one roof. A three-day, three-hour live streaming event with key issues. This will happen from February 22nd to 24th. Plus a library of about 100 pre-recorded one-hour technical sessions housed in a virtual library accessible all through 2021. There'll be four session themes, really something for everyone. The new frontiers of ResNet, building science, water efficiency, and health, followed by steering energy programs and policy, and then navigating finance and real estate. Exhibitors in the virtual exhibit hall will be able to focus on and reach specific types of attendees, and attendees the same, reaching the kind of exhibits that they like to see. There's a chance for more attendees to come with bulk pricing for five or more attendees from the same organization. There's going to be a lot of fun events, workout classes, cocktail classes, online chat forums for networking, and more. And the most active participants will be awarded prizes. So please take note of the early bird deadline of January 15th, 2021. And let's listen to Steve and Emma explain to us how this is all going to come about. Thank you for coming on the show again to talk about an exciting topic, and it's a very interesting, detailed topic. We'll be talking about the ResNet 2021 conference. So this year, it's going to be done differently. And I'm going to ask Emma to give us an idea of how things will be different this year. This year, of course, we're not able to really meet in person due to COVID-19. We made the hard decision to move to a virtual event kind of early 2020. And the nice thing about that is that we've had plenty of time to help adjust and create a virtual event that's going to be more of an online experience, as well as a learning platform. Networking opportunities are going to be included. Just a great opportunity for attendees to be able to meet safely and from the comfort of their homes. When was that decision made? Steve, why don't you let us know how this came about? It was fairly early in the pandemic. We saw travel being restricted across. And I think we went to the board of directors probably in late spring saying that with the projection of the waves of the pandemics going on, it would be wiser to be able to face the fact, go ahead and go with a virtual conference, rather being safe than sorry. And the board went along with that. And with the peaks we're saving right now across the country in new cases, it was a pretty wise decision. But I want to say one thing to follow up on what Emma said. This is not going to be your traditional virtual conference where you have to sit down for eight hours and hear stare at your computer. We've tried to break this up to make it a little bit more dynamic and exciting. That's a good lead-in. What are those elements that are going to make it more dynamic? Well, we're going to have actually two events under one roof, if you will, or under one virtual roof. The first one is a three-day, three-hour streaming event that will feature key issues facing the rating and building performance industry. 
this will be live and you just sign up for it and you can click on it. And then the second feature of it is it's going to be the pre-recorded one-hour technical sessions, which has been the traditional backbone of the breakout sessions of the conference that will be housed in a virtual library that attendees can access throughout 2021. And so, Emma, how does this all come together logistically? There's got to be some things going on in the background here to make this all come up. It sounds really great, but how does this happen? We have signed a partnership agreement with Vario, and they are a production company first and foremost. And then they saw with the pandemic and everything, everyone switching to virtual events from their in-person events. So they created this really great online platform that we're going to be able to host the ResNet conference on. We are offering, like Steve said, two different parts of this conference. And we're going to have an on-demand library, probably close to 100 sessions like we do for our in-person event. Those are going to be pre-recorded, uploaded. And the nice thing about this complaint that we've gotten for our in-person events, kind of a good problem to have, is that everybody can't attend every session, right? We have about eight to 10 concurrent sessions going on at a time. This gives attendees the opportunity to see any session that they want all through the entire year. So you don't have to pack in three days of learning. You can access that all through 2021 and get your 18 professional development credits through that. As well as that on-demand library, we're also going to have kind of a simulive general session where we're going to have some really great keynote speeches. Jonathan Reckford from Habitat for Humanity is going to be one of our keynotes, and Steve will touch base on that more. But it's going to give us that opportunity to have flexible streaming, provide a lot of content, provide some fun activities. And exactly like Steve was saying, you won't have to sit in front of your computer for a full eight hours to make that happen. Interesting. So Steve, tell us more about the keynotes and some of these features. The streaming portion of the conference will be divided into three days. Day one will be focused on the role of builders, real estate, and finance in increasing home performance. And as Emma said, the keynote for that day will be Jonathan Ruckford, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Habitat for Humanity International. And we'll have up to five 15 to 20-minute presentations on some key issues involved with each one of these areas. Day two will focus will be on the new path for the rating industry, which will focus on issues and upcoming opportunities for the rating industry of expansion and becoming more efficient. And then finally, day three would be cultivating policies for energy efficiency. We'll be focusing on program sponsors, program elements, and just the fact of policy initiatives that will be taking place that will affect building performance beginning in 2021 with the new administration. Thank you, Steve. Emma, I know the in the past you've been the organizer of these things, and you have to lock down a lot of details in advance. Do you have more flexibility or less flexibility in putting this together? A little of both. I think that we do have a lot of flexibility because we're not having to coordinate travel schedules and accommodation. BEOs, we're not having to estimate the number of attendees, and we don't have limits to our room sizes. So there is a lot of flexibility and autonomy for us to create the event that with no limits, an event with no limits. There is some harder deadlines because we need to have our content locked down and uploaded into that platform earlier in the year versus having the speakers show up and do their thing. But overall, it's been really interesting to see the other virtual events that have been happening all through 2020 and being able to take the best parts from what we've seen and heard from attendees that have gone to those events, apply them to our platform and kind of learn from what's been happening in the event industry as a whole. Very good. Now, we've talked about the speaking or presentation content, but there's also sponsorship and exhibiting. Are there options available for that too? 
Absolutely. A couple of questions I've gotten on is like, okay, well, why would I need a virtual expo or a virtual exhibit booth when I have a website? But I think the thing is, is you are going to be able to highlight your company to your exact demographic. If you were working with builders, appraisers, real estate, home energy raters, RFIs, software providers, all of those people are going to be on that platform. And we actually have gamification features to incentivize attendees to visit your booth. As well as a virtual expo hall, we have a range of sponsorship options starting at $1,000 all the way up to a top tier of $12,500. So just a range of options based on your budget. But I think that the nice thing about this too is we're able to customize our deliverables to fit whatever that company needs. If it's an attendee list, the virtual expo hall, email marketing, social marketing, we're kind of able to customize and provide those deliverables to that company's needs. Along with that, we have bulk pricing and as part of sponsorship packages too, companies are able to send as many company representatives as they want to this event because they're not having to pay for the lodging and the travel and accommodation and all of that. So lots of different opportunities for sponsorship. We have the flexibility to make whatever a company wants or however they envisioned promoting their company, we can kind of make that happen through this virtual platform. Very good. Steve, you gave us an idea of the keynote detail. Can you dig a little bit into the session detail? Is anything changing there, the topic areas or some content there? Yeah, as Emma says, it's going to be, I think, a little at the end, over 100 technical sessions that will be hosted in a virtual library. And the beauty of this, it can be accessed 24-7 throughout the year of 2021. And we have these sessions around themes, if you will, for the 2021 conference. The first theme is the new frontier of ResNet, and this will address that there are new initiatives that will be launched that will launch the HERS industry to new levels. This topic will explore energy code compliance, water efficiency ratings, rating the efficiency of, of, and performance of HVAC systems, and new certification opportunities. So this is geared more to catching up what is the current state of the art with the HERS industry and where we're going to the future. The second pillar of it is uncovering building science, water efficiency, and health. And this topic will dive into the latest and greatest technology and practices the industry has to offer that will improve the health of homes, efficiency of water, and efficiency of energy. Then the next one is called is Steering Energy Programs and Policy. This is an opportunity for people attending the conference to get engaged. The 2020 election promises to offer significant policy changes, and this will try to delve into the question of how will energy and water efficiency programs change in face of this new reality. And this also will learn how raters can stay involved with code compliance, the International Conservation Code, and local and state programs. The final feature is what's what we call navigating finance and real estate. The sessions in this topic will connect attendees with current trends and the prospects it presents for raters. As Emma said, this will address one problem we've had last year in previous conferences. It's a nice problem to have, but we've heard constantly people's frustration that there were too many chase stations to choose from since they were like a number of taking place one time and they couldn't attend them all. Well, this ability is you can bite a bite of it as you go through. The whole library will be open. And you can pick and choose from the menu as you feel pleased and as you feel motivated to do. And again, this would be available 24-7 throughout 2021. And then one of the key features for Raiders 
for attending the conference is continuing education requirements. And it, you will get the 18 hours continuing requirements through the checking out, if you will, of the sessions in the library. Emma, are you in charge of filling out that slate of those four different pillars? And how is that going along? Yeah, it's going great. So we have sent out the confirmation to speakers to let them know. We ran the session nomination like we do every year. We submit a call for session abstracts. We go through a process of letting the network decide kind of what they want to see. And then from that list, looking at the ones that were highest ranking, we pulled from that list, staff reviewed and notified those speakers. So by the time that this is streaming, I think that we're going to have that schedule kind of lined out so people will see what's going to be available in that on-demand library. When it comes to the general keynotes and everything, we have some of the best of the best in the industry that are going to be presenting for this. And the nice thing about being virtual is it's an easier ask for people to kind of log onto their computer and do a session than travel to wherever we're going to be. So we've worked internally with staff to figure out what the network is interested in learning about, what are the most relevant issues and topics that we need to be talking about and presenting to the industry. And that's going to be a part of our Simulive as well as our on-demand library. Was one of the things you asked earlier, Bill, was what are the advantages and disadvantages of going virtual versus the traditional conference? One of the advantages was that we didn't have to worry and feel confined about the number of breakout rooms we would have at the hotel and try to guess what size of the rooms to do because we do not are confined by a hotel. We're able to put as many sessions we want to. And that made it a real pleasure because every year was really frustrating for us to be able to have some really good topics that we just couldn't put on because of limitations of available space. We don't have that problem this year. And I would imagine there's also going to be sort of a richness of the data because, and maybe I should ask, is the future plan to have a live in-person conference again? Absolutely. And we're looking at the hybrid options as well. That was one of the considerations when we were looking at the pandemic, in-person versus hybrid versus 100% virtual. And we think that the hybrid model in a non-pandemic world would be ideal because Everybody loves the in-person events. Being able to meet face-to-face -face is great, but also that ability to see sessions that you might not have been able to attend, or if there's any reason that you can't travel due to a work schedule, I think that we're going to look into offering that as a possibility as well. But for 2022, we are excited. We are going to be back in person. We're going to be in Austin, Texas, February 2022. Maybe I could ask Steve this question because he should know the answer. Hmm. Going back, when was the first ResNet conference? And I'm not even going to ask the question, could you have imagined it would be this way for 2021? Because no one could imagine it. But just give us an idea of the perspective of the conference and sort of how it's grown over time. Just a quick overview. The first one was in 2001 at the facilities of Florida State, uh, the Florida Solar Energy Center. I think we had less than 200 people showed up. We just came blind, not knowing what the response was. The facilities there were very, very small. And so we tried it another again. And in Florida, and we found out we actually had problems getting enough space for people. So we started offering it around the country. It has grown to the last conference was around 800 people with a lot of sessions going on. The breakout tracks we had in 2001, I think there was like only three. And last year was close to 10. We had maybe four exhibitors <laughs> at the first time. So it has it's increased. And I think that this is seen as the go-to event for the rating industry for several reasons. One of which is, is the educational nature, the sessions and stuff with the latest activity. And as Emma said, is the best of the best in the industry speaking and sharing her wisdom. The second part was networking. And then the final part was it was a lot of fun. And I think that we're able to capture the meat 
in terms of sessions and just general lay of the land, what we're trying to do with our streaming. But also, Emma has made it such where there will be networking events and actually some fun events. And you might want to ask Emma some about the fun events. Yeah, and I'm thinking it revolves around that term gamification that you mentioned. Is that possible? Yeah, absolutely. So the platform has a way for us to track who is taking advantage of the platform the most, right? Like adding their contacts and reaching out and watching the sessions and visiting exhibit hall booths or the virtual expo hall. So we have a different range of criteria and we are going to offer a webinar before the conference just to show attendees how to take full advantage of their registration. But the gamification features really are going to make it super engaging and fun. And we're going to have some nice prizes that we're going to be giving away with that. In addition to that, just the networking, I would say that has maybe been kind of the biggest challenge so far for me, at least, kind of figuring out how to replace that face-to-face networking that you get at an in-person event on a virtual platform. And so we have a couple different ways that we're going to do that, offering some cocktail classes in the evening, say some workout classes in the morning for Anybody that's super ambitious, can't promise I'll be there, but I'll try my best. And then having the networking online chat forums, almost like a LinkedIn or Facebook group for people to really engage and talk about the different sessions that they're seeing and get to network with the full list of attendees and people that they might not even see at an in-person event. You're going to be able to look up the directory of all the attendees and get to network with people who could be your potential customers or partners in the business. So right now we're talking across three different time zones. How are you going to address time zones? Like do you have a a block of the day that you're going to work within? Yeah. So our Live, we're going to make sure that it accommodates through the time zones. I think that we're planning on starting a little earlier on the Pacific coast, of course. And then on the East coast, it's going to be kind of mid-morning, early afternoon. That Live is not going to be too long. Like Steve was saying, those are the 15 to 20 minute keynotes. We're estimating probably a three hour max Live stream. You could even just play throughout your workday and attend that way. Then we're going to have the flexibility of the on-demand library and open at our in-person events. We have our exhibit hall hours. So we're going to still structure that for people to be able to go into the expo hall and have the opportunity to engage with the booth representatives at the virtual expo hall. But then the networking events and everything, we're going to try and accommodate it so that there's breaks in between for people to answer emails. I know some people still have kids at home learning. So accommodate that way. And then the on-demand library, of course, we're going to structure time for people to view that if they want to just take off those three days and really engage with this virtual event. But like we've said before, it's pretty flexible as to if you want to view those at a later date, maybe the next week, you have that opportunity. Speaking of dates, did we mention the dates yet? I don't think we did. February 22nd through the 24th. So it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday pattern, just like we do every year. And also dates, deadlines for signing up in the different aspects you mentioned, both as an attendee, exhibitor, sponsor, that kind of thing. What are the deadlines there? Our recommendation for sponsoring and exhibiting, we suggest a commitment at least by December 31st to ensure that you're receiving all of your pre-event deliverables. Of course, I think when this is recording is showing, it's going to be January, but it's not too late to sign up. There's the ability for us to get you online and listed as a sponsor right away. So the sooner the better when it comes to sponsoring and exhibiting. For attending, the early bird discount deadline is January 15th. So we recommend signing up early. We also have an opportunity for those bigger companies that are wanting to send more representatives or possibly, you know, if they want to send some of their customers as well. We do have bulk discount pricing starting at 
five or more attendees. So that is all listed on our conference website. And that was the other question I was going to ask, where does someone pick up on all the details we've been laying down here? resnet.us backslash conference. For any questions, you know, you can email me. My personal email is emma at resnet.us, or you can email conference at resnet.us, and we'd be happy to assist you find any information that you need or answer any questions you have. Very good. You make this sound exciting. I don't think it's because it isn't exciting. I think it is exciting, and you've conveyed that very well, both of you, Steve and Emma. Thank you. Any closing thoughts you want to convey as we wrap up here? Steve, you want to go first? Well, this is a brave new adventure for us, and we've tried to make it such a way where we can at least get the spirit and the feeling that the previous conference have, but also taking in mind the health concerns we have to do. And that's one of the reasons that we had to do it, because, for instance, you couldn't go to the bar after sessions and network. Food service would be probably boxed lunches, and we'd have to have social distancing to such where it would be very difficult with. So this opens it up to everyone. And I think it's also an opportunity because one of the things we've done is since we don't have hotel rooms to be able to guarantee food to provide, we're able to reduce the cost of it. So it's going to be a very affordable. And for those who thought about coming to our conference but never did because either there's the expense of traveling, being away from work, whatever, this is a chance to get your feet wet and see it and see what the points are. So this is an opportunity. It's going to be very affordable. And as Emma said, this is a chance. Many times companies only send one person because of the cost of travel and hotels. This is a chance to have your whole team participate in it. And again, we have bulk pricing, so it's a discount for more people you bring into it. So this is a chance to get to know the ResNet Conference. But I want to stress that we will be back in 2022 because one of the most important things that I think that comes from a conference and we find in our surveys is the ability to network. We've tried to do it, but there's nothing as good as being able to face-to-face and talk to someone, but we will be back to that. Emma, closing thought? Yeah, I think I said this previously on our last podcast, but I would say if there's anybody out there that might be doubting the logistics of this event, whether you're wanting to attend or sponsor, just feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to kind of walk you through what our platform currently looks like, the different features and stuff that we're able to offer, and then the value as a whole of attending this event. If you're attending, of course, the professional development credits that you can receive through the year to keep your certification active. But sponsoring and exhibiting, everybody now is doing business two ways, virtually and from home. So this is a great opportunity to get in front of your potential customers or partners in business. So like I said, feel free to reach out. My personal email is emma at resonet.us. So happy to answer any questions or squash any doubts, I guess, about this event. You're a doubt squasher. I know that. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) What your new nickname? My new title, yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Well, it's always a pleasure speaking with both of you. Sorry, I won't be seeing you in person, but I will be seeing you virtually when we come to the conference again. So thanks again, Steve and Emma. Bill, thank you so much. Our pleasure. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast. If you're pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or to join the email list. You can always find Resnet on Facebook or Twitter. The quote for today is by Charles Mingus, an American musician. Making the simple complicated is commonplace. Making the complicated simple, awesomely simple. That's creativity. If you haven't subscribed already, please consider subscribing to the Res Talk podcast. And as always, thank you for listening to Res Talk. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes or the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.